there is always something for someone. So like we were saying, um, if somebody's feeling like stuck somewhere, feeling like they are looking for an answer to something, feeling like something's not quite right in their life, there is always a way, there is always an answer and to just keep looking. And I know that um, somebody will come through. Welcome to Supernormalize, the podcast where we challenge the conventional, break boundaries, and normalize the seemingly supernatural. Join me, CJ, as we explore less uncharted realms of existence and unravel the mysteries of life experience. My treasured listeners, if you have a life story or healing modality or unique knowledge that you'd love to share, reach out to me at supernormalized, that's supernormalized with a Z, at proton.me. Let's together embrace acceptance of the supernatural and unusual as what it really is completely normal. Today on Supernormalize, I'm going to introduce you to Kelly Cole. Kelly is a nurse turned energetic healer, podcast host, and a mother of two. She helps women heal by empowering them to break generational patterns and beliefs, realizing their net worth and living their highest purpose. Through intuitive readings and healing sessions, Kelly supports women worldwide in discovering their purpose, clearing energetic blocks and connecting to their highest mission. She has been featured on various platforms and is passionate about helping women shine their light, accessing their intuition and creating a conscious future for the next generation. With 20 years of nursing experience, including pediatric oncology, palliative care and pain management, Kelly understands the importance of addressing the unseen world of spirit and energetics for profound healing. Her goal is to facilitate emotional healing for adults while teaching meditation and breathwork techniques to empower children. Kelly's work contributes to a more conscious and emotionally balanced world. I trust you'll enjoy today's show. I certainly did. Here we go. Welcome to Supernormalize, Kelly Cole. Kelly, You've got a quite a story there where you actually turn from a nurse into an energy healer that actually helps women. Can you give me more of a bio of yourself that um, rounds out um, the story of who you are and how you came to be here? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Um, so I spent 20 years at the bedside as a nurse and a nurse practitioner, and I was working with children and families. So um, in that time, I did a lot of different things. I treated, you know, so many different families and the ones that kind of stuck with the, me the most were some of the patients that would come in um, in their teenage years usually, and they were having chronic pain symptoms already and we couldn't find anything wrong. And those were the ones that always really bothered me. I didn't understand what was going on with them. So um, that's kind of like this, you know, underlying thing for me. Um, and then personally, I kind of went through this giant convergence in my own life of a couple different areas. So 
I got a new job and I went into this new job as a nurse practitioner. Um, and in the States, a nurse practitioner is, you know, able to practice with families and like do, um, you know, you can write prescriptions and things like that. It's like a higher level. Um, and in that role, I was thinking I was going to be doing some pain management, but, and I do, but, um, what also came with that was pediatric oncology. So working with kids with cancer and then also, um, palliative care. So at the end of their life. So I was suddenly in this role of watching a lot of end of life scenarios and kind of like witnessing these transitions and portals kind of opening that I would see these big changes that would happen, um, around that time. And so that was happening at the same time that my father was diagnosed with a terminal illness, um, given months to live and I was a brand new mom. So this was literally all within a three month time frame within my life. Wow. So this led me to just have a lot of questions and seek mm. a lot of inner deep truths because I started questioning a lot of things. I was like, how can, you know, all of this be happening? How can I support other people walking through this journey when I feel like I'm struggling with this journey? Um, so I kind of just, I, I was needing to find other modalities to help myself get through these things. And one thing was my faith. I leaned very strong into my faith. The other was um, I started doing meditation. And it was an interesting um, intersection on that as well, because within about a year or two, um, I was starting to really connect in deeply with meditation and realize how transformative it was for me. And so that was kind of like leading me into um, the beginning of this path that I started walking. And now I work with women trying to... um, but the energy healing piece and the intuitive piece came along a little bit later, yeah. but that was the beginning of yeah. this giant walk that I started um, going on a little bit of a different path that I'd ever been on in my whole entire life. Wow. Okay. So part of that bedrock was your faith. What faith are you? Um, Christianity. And truly it was um, the beginning of a deconstruction of that for me. I was okay. like, this is... I just feel like if this is all there is there, there's gotta be more to this. Like, I feel like I'm in like some kind of an infancy stage here. Like what is the deeper level? Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a a giant story on its own, but really I kind of, um, just realized how much programming and conditioning I had growing up, you know, with certain beliefs that were put on me and certain, you know, things that were, you were told as a child and whether they did or didn't resonate with me, then I was kind of like, sometimes this just doesn't make sense. Or sometimes I'm sitting here and, you know, um, I don't feel happy. I don't feel like enlivened by this conversation. I'm having this religious conversation. But when I was stepping into the world of spirituality and meditation, that was, probably one of the most aligned places that I really just felt like this makes the most sense. Mm. And then it all converged all together <laughs> later on. Yeah. It's circled but, back. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Now, I've noticed that with a lot of people, um, so, you know, um, if we've been raised in like a quite a strict sort of um, um, upbringing of any faith, then 
there seems to be like a point of divorce from it to actually discover more of yourself. And then eventually a lot of people actually circle back and take parts of that faith that um, did actually give them a bedrock, give them something to actually stand up with and um, enable themselves to um, find other ways to relate to it that is more healthy. Right. Um, and, you know, for me, um, part of my energy healing that I do is um, later on, I was really led to kind of tap into people, tap into my own parts of myself that I had suppressed. And so um, I am an intuitive. And even as a child, I would kind of get a lot of sense of like feeling things or having um taking on other people's feelings, like having no boundary really between what was going on around me and what was inside me. So there was a a lot going on there. Um, I don't have dreams that I would eventually see them happen and things like that would go on. And um, I started, I thought that was normal. So I would just, you know, tell people. And then I realized that not everyone had that experience. And um, I was either told that was weird or laughed at or, you know, whatever, what have you. So um, I ended up kind of shutting that part of myself down too. And later along with this whole journey, um, especially through meditation and then learning, um, learning a bit about energy healing, um, this intuitive part of me just started busting through. Like I can't even, you know, hold it back anymore. So there's all these pieces of me that kind of like started falling into line to be able to come circle back and like help people as well. Mm, Wow. Okay. What style of meditation do you practice? So um, for me, meditation is really all about, um, I, I wouldn't even know that it's not like a style that I would like look up and say, Oh, go, Mm. you know, do this YouTube search. It's essentially just, um, for my meditations, we are centering ourselves, we're focusing on the breath in the beginning, but then I am intuitively like tapping in. And after that point, I'm just guiding others with me to like reading the energy of the circle for kind of what's needed for the people that are present in that time. And so it's literally at the moment, there's nothing pre-done or pre-thought out about it. It's like, I am guiding, I'm allowing spirit to just guide the entire group and work within what they need for kind of what's coming up and maybe what's blocking them, maybe what's keeping them stuck in some emotions. Mm -hmm. And um, we're walking through that and working on through breath and through um, that meditation experience to be able to release those areas that are stuck and stagnant. Mm, right so, right yeah. okay so um you you focus now on women nowadays is that your primary focus or do you do women and children when, with your work i usually work on um with the moms and so or with yeah. women i because especially um having come from that place where i was always working with children and families um I realized that you can tell kids, you know, different things for themselves, but it's never going to be too impactful unless their parents are on board too. And so I'm kind of taking that whole realization that I, that I know from working with so many families and children over the years and just flipping it on its head and just really starting with the parents. I feel like, um, 
there's such a generation out there now. And, you know, for podcasts, exactly like this, people who are like, I think all the things that I was told for so long, like there's probably other ways to do things. There's probably Mm. something else that I can figure out another way to be another way to parent another way to, you know, deal with my emotions, like all of these things kind of come together in the space for us. And, um, I think that those are the people that will start that path for themselves. But when you are a parent, you are naturally like it's flowing over onto the next generation. Like they might see mommy or daddy, like go, I need to go take a breath and calm down. Or I need to like, mommy does meditation now, or, you know, this is when I do breath work or whatever. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, that's normal. Well, like we didn't have that. No, there's nobody in my life that was doing that when (laughs) I was little, like they were nowhere near that. So I just feel so encouraged by this generation of people who are totally stepping into like this whole new era of, you know, a different way of being and a different way of embodying these new ways and just trying stuff and not being afraid to do that. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah, you sound like you're inspired by um, by that completely. That's that's really cool. So, how do you actually help women to heal, and what is your approach to empowering them to break um, generational patterns and beliefs? Good question. Um, so, in my work, usually I will do a session with someone, and that session will encompass a energetic reading and healing together. And so, we will do either an individual or a series of these sessions in the reading part. I'm literally just tapping into the spirit of that person. And so I, I like to call it like a reading of their soul. I can tell how the struggles that they are currently having may be something that is tied back into, I can literally see it's the way that it comes to me as like in a visual sense. So I can literally see a way that it might tie back to a certain age, a certain experience, a certain feeling. And I can tell um, however it's affecting them. Like I can tell if it's like blocking off, you know, that they're not able to speak about things or shutting off their heart, like not able um, to actually tap in to receive love or to give love. I can tell when it is affecting their sense of safety like maybe they don't feel safe to like go out and try to, you know, have a different job or to do something outside of, you know, what's their box that they've been in for a long time. Um, I can tell all of these things. And so that, and, you know, so many more things. Um, Sometimes it's like this experience of our soul that we have here in this life. Sometimes I can see where it extends beyond that and kind of goes into like a prior, um, a prior like experience of our soul. So it's an interesting thing. Everybody has a different um, reading that's just for them. And then after that, we, so we talk about that. We see what makes sense. We see, you know, what's resonating from like what is coming up. And then the next part is their own healing. And so we will at that point go and I will lead them through a meditation we'll usually do a combination of meditation and breath to release these areas that are keeping them stuck. Okay. So 
in this process, you've got the step of um, reading, then the healing. Now, mm-hmm. I'm curious about both aspects of that. So when you're doing the reading, um, how do you see? I mean, what are you seeing? How do you see? How does that intuition trigger for you? Right. So um, everybody has different ways that they will pick up on their own intuition. So for some people, they might feel feelings. For some people, they might smell it. For some people, they might see it or hear things. And some people, they just have like a knowing, like I just, it comes into them like a, like a lightning bolt. They're like, I just know this. Um, And for me, it's always kind of been visual. So I have a little bit of all of those, but for the majority of mine, it's visual. So I'll give you an example. So for one of my um one of my readings that I had, I had a very clear image of these ropes being tied around a throat. And it was like around and around and around. Um, so clearly they are shut off at their throat. They're not able to speak their truth. They're not able to like, and I kind of can glean, like, I'm like, what is it impacting? What's it affecting? Um those those ropes were like to me leading back to points in time and so i could see a point in time as a very little little child where they were being told shh like immediately you know any presence it was like they were so small and there was like these giant you know adults in the room and they seemed so big and powerful and the only thing they kept telling her over and over again was to be quiet um and that was the only thing that w- that was coming up for her. That was like the biggest thing. Sometimes um, the way that it also comes through is there's such a big issue that needs to be released and worked through that until that one has been addressed, it's like nothing else will be actually mm. able to come up. So um, a lot of times that's what I see there. And she gave me this big story about how her parents were lawyer. One was a lawyer. Her grandfather was like a judge and that they just didn't have the mindset that a child had any room to speak. And that as a child, she was very creative and very outgoing and she wanted to draw and dance. And they were like, we're not having any of that. Like you need to stop and you need to be quiet when we're talking. Like it was like repeated silencing. Mm -hmm. And so she was having a hard time, even as an adult, finding her voice and being able to just be herself. And so that was something that, um, that we worked on that day. So it seems odd and weird to, you maybe hear somebody say something like, Oh, I see it visually, but when it, it comes back down into like a real life thing, it comes down into this, maybe a memory, maybe a feeling, and then you can see how it still impacts you now today as an adult. And then these things trickle down too. It's like, if that's not healed, then are you showing up as a parent? Are you showing up and being the parent that you want? Are you showing up and showing your kids how to stand in their own truth and stand in their own power? It all gets connected. Mm, wow. Yeah, right. So it sounds like um, it, she might, might have even been born as an antidote to their um, strictness. And <laughs> oh, yes. That's another really good thought. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I'm just wondering, what is disease to you? Um, And, um, you know, obviously with the healing, you're bringing that back together. So that also begs the question, what is what is healing to you? Mm, That's a really good question. So 
I think that um, for the question of what is disease to me, I think that the word itself will say it's disease. And I think that if it's anything in your body that just doesn't feel right, um, for some of us, it does come through as physical pains and aches and wounds and things like that, things that we can physically see. And for other areas, it is simply a discontent that we feel within our body. You know, our emotions are there. Our experiences kind of get trapped within our um, disease and our discontent within that space. Like it's showing you something and maybe it's you're on edge. Maybe it's just that you just don't feel like you can access joy. Like those things are telling you something. So I think that um, that's that's where I really land with that question of what's disease. I think it's like all of those things Mm -hmm. and they manifest in different ways for different people. And um, healing to me is when you're finally just coming back into yourself, you're releasing all these points that seem diseaseful. So like, it's not easeful to feel on edge. It's not easeful to be uncomfortable. It's not easeful to feel like every step you're taking in the morning, like hurts or is hard to get out of bed. But when you come back into yourself and you've allowed yourself to like release some of these things that are bonding you and just keeping you stuck, it's really freeing. And suddenly things are more easeful and suddenly there's more joy. Suddenly you're allowed up allowing yourself to step into your truth. Um, those are the places of healing for me besides the physical things that you could actually maybe feel or see. Like I feel less pain or I feel like my, you know, feet don't hurt as much when I get out of bed. Those are really obvious. It's the other internal shifts. There's like really deep shifts. Those are the ones that kind of free everything. Right, right. Do you have any examples of um, people that you've worked with where you've actually seen such a deep shift that their lives have changed and um, in such a dramatic way, but you don't have to actually give them any, any detail around it. Just, just think things that you've seen. So. Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest words that people say after our session is typically light. I feel so light. I feel like I feel more free. Um, A lot of times it's, I feel so connected right now, like so loved and supported. Um, A lot of times when I'm in that place, in that meditation, I will share with the person, whoever is kind of like, coming in for that space. And so spiritually, like I will always have, um, I'm always in the mindset of connecting to the very highest like support that we can have. And so for me, that's always like, um, my, the presence of God, the presence of source, the presence of the highest amount, you know, highest level of energy that we can call in. And for some people, they have very specific, um, supporters out there, like they're little guardian angels. And sometimes I can see that or sense that. And so I will let them know if I am getting that sense that like, I, you know, I'm getting this really, you know, angelic presence or whatever. And I feel like that's always really moving for people also, but, um, that love and support it's, that's like the biggest thing that we're kind of wrapping ourselves in during that Mm. healing. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So how would someone know they have built up emotions or trapped emotions um, that actually manifest as that sense of dis-ease? 
Well, I think that some of the biggest indicators are usually if you hear somebody like you hear this podcast and you're like, she's saying things like, you know, feeling joyful and feeling light. And I don't feel like I can remember the last time that I've been able to feel that way or tap into that. Um, That's probably telling you something. If you are um, on edge and you like don't really want to be, you feel like that's not really your true self, but you're kind of just stuck in the world of stress and, you know, living life day to day and you're just caught up in it. Sometimes those are our little signs that something's going on. The other thing is sometimes you're like really working towards a goal. Like you're like, I really want to um, switch jobs or I really want to like run this 5k or it could be something just really mundane and run of the mill, but you can't seem to like make it happen. A lot of times there's something going on in there energetically that's kind of just keeping you blocked. And a lot of times you just know that that's all you might know. But when you come to a person who like me, who has this, you know, ability to kind of see in, it's picking up those kinds of readings will help you or that kind of a session will help you pick up on things that you didn't realize or were think you're like, oh my gosh, I thought I dealt with that like a long time ago. You know, I, I would have never imagined that thing that happened to me when I was 13 was still kind of lingering in there. Um, they're just tricky little emotions that kind of get stuck sometimes from a long time ago. And when they build up over time, um, that's what it feels like. It feels like I'm stuck. It feels like I'm on edge or it feels like sometimes physical pain or inflammation will be um, something that is a sign as well. Mm. So, Okay. So um, what are some of the ways that people can begin, begin to work with their trapped emotions? So one of the things that I love the most, if you're already aware of something, let's say, I know that when I go and I talk to my mom and then I hang up the phone, that I feel like a tightness start in my shoulders, let's say. Like, you you know, you're already like, "Mm, I'm noticing that. I think that's something there. One of the probably the most um, releasing things is through breath too. So we kind of do both. But um, breath work is incredibly, incredibly impactful. And it's like the quick way to release something like that. And usually I would say do, um, you know, slow breathing to kind of center yourself and then focus on that feeling that you don't want to have anymore. And um, you could easily find um, like a videos or something on YouTube if you wanted to do it on your own. But usually like that fast breath of fire is a very, very potent way to kind of move through some of those emotions. You just have to be in that headspace that you're like, I'm getting rid of this and I'm ready to like release these things. And sitting down and doing a breath like that, it's very impactful. So Mm, that's mm -hmm. where I would start. Right, right. Now, when you work with people, do you work one-on-one or do you ever do groups as well? So I will do both. And um, usually what I see is I love um, when I find the groups come together, I find that it's an interesting phenomenon where people that have come seem to all be having similar issue, like, or some kind of similar struggle. Like maybe they're all kind of like struggling with 
love or they're all kind of struggling with like a safety or something like that. So it's an interesting um, phenomenon that I see because I will essentially how I said um, the same thing for working with an individual is something that I can do with a group as well. I'll just kind of go through and look collectively at um, any of the blocks that I'm, that I'm seeing. And then we do the same process, whether, whether it's one person or whether it's a few people together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, what are the ways generational beliefs shape um, parenting and shape the children? Great question. So when you have something like this is a very common one here in the States, particularly um, money, like money beliefs. There is a very common phrase that we say here, which is money doesn't grow on trees. Just a general statement, which is pretty much like it's not readily and believing you to go into a road of like internalizing to yourself. Money isn't readily available. It's hard to get, um, you know, those kinds of things. It kind of like keeps you in lack and in a place where you feel like it's hard for you. But this is something that parents notoriously tell their children because their kids are asking for things or whatever. And they're like, money doesn't grow on trees. So this is what we see. And I have seen this particular belief come up with lack and with like money block in particular multiple times. Um, And it's come anywhere from grandparents or parents. Sometimes we even see it through like um, media, like through commercials and things like that, kind of like absorbing as to a young open child who's just kind of like believing everything they're hearing. And as those beliefs kind of are passed down, they don't really change. And so, but they are binding you still. And so what I will see um, is something that we have to release in that area. Now, if you are a person who suddenly has decided that that's not really true, (laughs) like, I think I could probably like find a different way to make money. I think I could probably have more than one stream of income. I think I could, you know, X, Y, and Z, like you're suddenly starting to like shake the belief. You're you're starting to like shake the pattern Um, and then you are suddenly the one who is going to look at your kid and be like, I know you might hear people say that, but it's really not true. So this is kind of like a very well-known one that I think would resonate with a lot of people just to say that lack is um, not meant for you. Like it's not meant for us all. So that's one example. Okay. So Considering that, um, what sort of tools can we give our children to, you know, give them uh, like a better footing in life and to grow into more healthy adults, considering that um, it seems like um, that all of us have been exposed to such um, awful methods of training from our own lives. (laughs) So uh, we've got to break (laughs) those generational like loops that don't really help us. So what do you recommend? Well, I think that um, the first thing is that this isn't like something that you just wake up one day and you like know all of them. It's kind of like a slow realization and understanding for yourself as like the adult that, oh, like I don't, gosh, I have always thought that and I don't really think that's true anymore. Um, Kind of like that seeking for truth that a lot of us do. But for kids and especially as like the parents that are, raising the children. A lot of times I think that just simply asking the question of, is that true for you? 
is a really good place to start, like empowering them from the beginning, just to be like, is that true for you? Do you think that's true? Instead of just telling them point blank, like, no, this is always how it is, like almost fostering that curiosity within them so that it doesn't just get squashed. Um, I think that that's super helpful. I think some of the other things that we've talked about too are very helpful tools to have a well-balanced child. Some of the emotional regulation within meditation and within breath, it doesn't have to look like sitting, you know, on a pillow with your hands up and, you know, it, it can just be, we're going to go like put our feet, you know, we're going to go out barefoot in the yard and we're just going to like walk around. We're going to like listen and see if we hear any animal sounds. We're going to like count the clouds, like, you know, for a little kid, you can really just be like, this is how I feel better when like mommy needs to calm down for a few minutes. We're just going to like go outside and spend a few minutes in nature and just instilling these practices, these practices that are small. It's a really good place to start. And as they get older, you can go deeper into now, are you having a really tough feeling? We can do this kind of breathing pattern and like get that right out. Or we can do this meditation to help us feel calm before this really big day. Like those kinds of things, I think they're going to be really big game changers for the next generation who might be walking into a whole new world. Like we, you know, we're going to need that. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be better if we have a lot of balanced children, <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. So, um, how do you teach mothers to access their higher selves and tap into their intuition so that then they can guide their children appropriately as well? So um, one of the things that I love about doing this work is because I think that it's made me a better parent. Um, and I will share with especially the moms that are coming through, you know, kind of my way of being able to tap into some of my kids' desires and my kids' needs through that meditative space. So um, just the same way that I am able to tap into um, myself, tap into like a bigger, really loving, like God-like energy, we can also tap into each other and just, you know, I don't always know like what level they want to go into, into this intuitive work, but it is touching into the water of some of that intuitive work helping them kind of tap into their kids and um, get that information that maybe they might, you know, benefit from being outside more, being, you know, left, like maybe they need more alone time, or maybe they need more one-on-one -on -one time. Like some of those really simple things just maybe aren't in your awareness. And so that's where we start. We kind of just start with yourself tapping into yourself. And then we can work on kind of through meditation, being able to um, touch on tapping into other people too. What do you do with people that um, push up against the idea of doing meditation? Because I know that um, I find that when I speak to some people about meditation, because I love meditation myself, yeah, um, and it works fine for me. Um, yeah. But um, some people I talk to about, I say, you know, just say you need to do some meditation, just you know, to release that monkey mind, all that extra chatter inside your own head. Mm -hmm. um, but often they just look at me like, oh, I can't meditate. I know. Usually, what I say is, there's something for everyone. So, um, I, if somebody's not really into the meditation, because that is the more calm and the relaxing one, and it's it is a power over your mind game. Like that is, you know, a an exercise that you have to kind of 
or a muscle that you have to work. But um, the other piece that is more active is the breath work. So then usually I'd say, okay, great. Let's just start with the breath work then because meditation um, will will get you one way or another. That's kind of usually what we're going to get you there one way or the other, but we'll figure out if you like something more active to start with. And usually I start with the breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I had some, um, like I've tried to advise my wife to do meditation because um, she got, gets a bit of a monkey mind, a bit of anxiety around things because she talks so much in her head. And for a long time, she's like, oh, I can't meditate, can't meditate, I can't meditate. And then she got to this point where she was in this space where she just stopped and sat there for a bit and then found the, the bit in between thoughts and she stayed with that. And then later on, she came and told me, she said, I had this part where I was in between thoughts and it was really spacious. And I said, that's meditation. That's it. It's so, I know, it's so good. And the other thing that helps a lot with that is different music. So especially in the beginning, I really needed like a little bit of a different music, like some theta music or different like Bionor beats or whatever I but just something else to kind of like have me focus on. And that helped me a lot in the beginning, especially. Yeah, right, right. So you do actually advise that some people can use meditation tools to actually help as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. think that you have to get your brain to switch into that other um, waveform and like the music is really helpful. Mm. Being, you know, in a in a room, like being in a setting also I think is helpful, but that's not realistic for everybody all the time. So I think yeah. that it matters what works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there are methods of meditation that involve like chanting as well, where you get some beads and you chant over those beads for a round, which is like usually a 108 chance. And I can see how it works because, uh, you know, you, you're, you're saying the words and you're trying to actually get the mind to get bored and the bo- then the mm-hmm. mind shuts up. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. and you know, the other thing that happens with that. And so they did a study too. It was like looking at, um, looking at religious chants, prayers, they did like um, the original Latin version of the rosary. And then they did like traditional like om, and then like you're talking about like going on the beats. And um, essentially, they understood that usually the breath pattern that you had to do to do almost every single one of those, it was like five and a half seconds in five and a half seconds out. And that this breath pattern was actually bringing you into coherence. So like it was optimizing your heart rate, your blood flow to your brain, like all of these things. And it was the same exact for all of those different things, like no matter what they looked at. And I was like, that was mind blowing to me. Mm -hmm. This -hmm. stuff works like, and it doesn't matter which way you're doing it. It's yeah. thousands of years old. Of course, it's going to work. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, there is a resonance, though, that goes along with some chance. Um, I know for myself, and you know, when you are actually saying that, you're saying it along with you know the, the, the millions upon millions of people that have said it before in the past. So there is actually a yeah. thread that goes through that past. And if it's a nice place of peace, that comes through as well. So I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... When you're working with people now, um, you're, you're doing your intuition um, sort of soul work and you've become a, an intuitive soul reader and certified in that. Did that help you with your work as well? Yes. I mean, um, that was literally 
the impetus for me to like jump into this whole other part of like reading the soul. I was already so much in like meditation and things like that, but adding the intuitive piece in with being able to read the soul that led into, it was like, I could finally see like how I said from the beginning, like I knew something was wrong. Something Mm. was going on with like these really healthy people, like seemingly healthy children who were having so many pain issues and having all this, you know, chronic issue going on, but you couldn't figure it out medically. There was nothing on a scan. There was nothing on, you know, an x-ray. You couldn't figure out what the heck was happening. And now I have had um, multiple where they are having a very physical experience and I can see that there is an energetic tie and I wasn't able to see that before like I am now. I knew intuitively, like I knew something else, it was something else, but I could never see what it was. And now that I have this, you know, ability that I've opened within myself and been able to work on, I'm able to help people at this other level that it's really mind blowing. So brilliant, brilliant. Yes. Okay. So how can people find you and um, learn more about your services? So I am Synergy Thrive on all the things. And so I have, um, <laughs> my website is synergythrive.org. I'm on Instagram at Synergy Thrive, LinkedIn, and a little bit of TikTok. There is always something for someone. So like we were saying, um, if somebody's feeling like stuck somewhere, feeling like they are looking for an answer to something, feeling like something's not quite right in their life there is always a way, there is always an answer and to just keep looking. And I know that um, somebody will come through. So. Mm, mm. So would you say healing is a state of being like in a state of um, like a life satisfaction? I think life satisfaction, I think um, being right with your soul, like being standing in your truth, being able to know who you are, being able to express yourself freely, being able to feel joy and feel love, give and receive love. That is, to me, a place of healing, a place where you've healed a lot of things. Excellent. I think the healing is always like going on (laughs) because I think that life keeps (laughs) happening. But I think that um, the beginning of the journey, like that freedom and that love, it's like Mm. a really amazing place to be. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, Kelly, look, I think we've covered everything that we can get out of um, uh, this conversation for today because we did yeah. actually crunch right through it so quickly and I'm and I'm amazed by that. You're a very good talker. Thank you so much for everything that you shared and um, I'll um, look forward to um, speaking to you again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was an honor to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. All right. Bye for now. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to Kelly today, and I enjoyed going through all that understanding around how generational sort of um, behaviors and patterns can lead to a a life of dis-ease, but there is ways through that. And I enjoyed um, that uh, Kelly has the understanding to be able to use her intuition to be able to guide people into healing. And then once they're in that healing, using tools like meditation to bridge that gap, um, find new ways of being and to release um, 
inauthentic ways of being that um, don't serve them. So if you've enjoyed today's show, please contact Kelly and please tell her that uh, you did. And if you need to find her, there's a lot of details that I'll provide in the show notes. And uh, I'll thank you now for your time for listening. And until next time, bye for now.